My name is Jason Salomi, and this is Perfection, an Athlete's Perspective. Today we have another special guest. He's a GB under 23, team canoe slalom athlete, currently ranked number seven of all ages in the UK and a future Olympic hopeful, Mr. David Patterson. David, how are you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Jason. Awesome. Nice well, the reason I invited you on today, man, is because, well, partly because I'd never really looked into the canoe slalom before. I, I watched it. Um, I never really looked into it from sort of a sports science or even just a recreational sort of standpoint. And obviously, you're, you're one of the best young athletes at your sport in the country. So I really wanted to get into speaking to you about it. And also maybe trying to learn some things from you that I can put into my sport, American football. Yeah, for sure. Um I'm an open book, I think, and there's there's a lot of detail and, and kind of things you might not think about when you watch Kenny Solomon. Um, so I'm happy to share them with you. Awesome, man! Awesome. When I was looking into a few studies, there was a few things that I picked up. There was a study done in 2019 that looked at sort of um, what makes a good slalom athlete, a good canoe athlete, and it was talking about just straight stamina and endurance versus technical skill and experiences resistance to stress when you're training what what do you prioritize more do you prioritize sort of actually working on your sport or do you prioritize sort of your stamina and, and that sort of thing uh so it varies kind of day to day you'll work on probably two if not three or four areas um it could be a technical goal um because at the end of the day if you deliver all the technical challenges of a course you'll be the fastest or you'll be one of the fastest. So techniques, one of the most important things in canoe slalom. And then your physical aspects, so your fitness and your strength, they build on top of that, and it's kind of a bonus. Because it's such a delivery-based like, uh, delivery sport, your mindset has to be really good. That's another thing you need to work on day in, day out. How do you work on your mindset? So at the moment, it's really tricky because we don't have any races to get into that performance mindset. Um, a lot of the time, you call it like a flow mindset. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if you have American football where it's just you're not really thinking you're kind of it's almost like an out-of-body sort of automatic uh, process if you will and at the moment we're trying to replicate races by having these time sessions against the people you can train with at the moment um, and the weekly time sessions where it's competitive and you're just trying to get into that headspace how do you work on getting into the headspace so it's all about kind of you have a race day process so mm. when I'm line I'll know that I need to have done a good warm-up my warm-up might be the same as what I do in training yeah but to be like a routine almost um to get me into that relaxed but energized state and by practicing that every day mm. then it's natural and it, it takes the pressure off you a lot of the time because it's, it's a very high pressure sport because you only get 90 seconds to deliver your best and then if you don't deliver your best you could be out of the competition straight away yeah, I mean, I I, real, I didn't actually realise how quick it was. And also, you guys are, are moving so fast. Any sort of penalty you get really messes up timing and stuff. And quickly understand that flow mindset. Is that something that you found easy or is it something that you sort of struggled with? Um, I definitely found it quite easy when I was younger. But I think as I've got to a higher level and there's more to think about, there's more detail in the plan that you make before you do a run. Yeah. And the way that you go about stuff where everything has to be almost perfect, but it can't ever be perfect. Mm. So every time you water is a different course or the water is unpredictable. Um, 
So I think it's, I, I definitely feel that doing things like meditation really helped me to get into that mindset or, or helped me on the day to get into that mindset because I know how to get in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something that I've actually started to look into more meditation. A lot of athletes from different sports keep talking about how much it benefits them and how much it gets them into this sort of mindset. And you spoke about having a plan for each course. Now, I was watching a few videos from, you probably heard of Joe Clark, uh, the GM yeah. or medalist, and he was saying that during a canoe slalom, it's, it's quite unique because unlike most sports, there is a, he was saying there's like a certain, it, there's a perfect sort of run that you can have. And I, I, I'd never heard of that. I've never really heard of a sport where, where I never really heard of a sport where if you are, if you do certain things correctly, you can almost not guarantee, but you can get very close to getting a really quick time. Have yeah. you ever sort of hit that perfect run um, during competition or in training? Yeah, so uh, the first first ever time I made the GB team, I was 17. So this is to make the under-18 team. Yeah. It's, we have like a three-day selection race to get in there. Um, it's the best of three days of racing. And I knew that when I came into the last day, I needed to win to make the team. Came on to the very last run, and I just kind of went for it. Mm-hmm. I was in that flow state, and everything went perfectly. There, was no, there wasn't even like a an inch out of place or anything. Um, wow. We're getting to the finish line and and just not remembering anything that I'd done. And that's a really common thing when you're in that that state of just kind of automatic, natural kind of flow. Um, you won't remember anything you did throughout that run, really. That's incredible, man. I mean, that is, I mean, is that, do you think you did that naturally because you knew you had to do it and your your sort of, your mind took you there or, because I've, I've heard, in, sometimes you get it in American football in, and in other sports, when it's a, a, a clutch or a crunch time situation, you're, you just, you're able to go to a different place, like that flow state that you're talking about. Is that something that you think you just kind of did naturally? I think on that day, yeah. It's, it was definitely a day where my attitude and my mindset to that day, from the very, like, as soon as I got out of bed that day, mm. that I had to win. I knew that the day before. Um, and my mindset was just to, like let go and give it my all kind of thing um and i think that mindset leading into high pressure things is really important so um recently i've been i watched like the last dance with michael jordan it's pretty popular that's Um, amazing yeah yeah it's one of my favorite things i've seen recently and he said that he was just completely present and he just seemed to be able to take himself into that higher state um whatever it was focus I suppose it is um I think it's really crucial that when it does get tough that you are able to kind of slip into that naturally yeah man definitely I mean with the the last dance documentary the the thing that that sort of astounded me Michael Jordan is just how competitive he is he would not let anyone get any sort of up on him it's almost like an obsession um I often get kind of told off by my coach when I'm I look sideways quite a lot at the people yeah. that I'm up against. So I'm kind of like, oh, why is he doing four gym sessions a week and I'm only doing three? And, mm-hmm. and I'll like kind of try and push the boundaries. My coach is always saying, hang on, take it down a notch or we'll go this way and that way. And I think, especially when it gets tough in Kenny Salem, like looking sideways is almost more damaging. Yeah. You can only control, they say to focus on the controllables. So. Um, I've got my race plan 
like suited for me and if someone else is doing something different it doesn't mean that it's better for me yeah yeah no I, that's that's something that i've definitely had to to work on myself especially when i was a bit younger and you know you it's so hard when you're so like like you say an obsession you're so obsessed with getting better at what you do that you just think doing everything all the time at 100 percent is going to get you better when in fact it probably just get you injured and sometimes it's hard to to listen to those voices from coaches and 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 physios and what have you and that take to slow down because in, the, in your mind you think oh you're just telling me to to get worse when in reality they're thinking you know first of all longevity and secondly if you if you slow down a little bit and you listen and you're present like you said um you will get better over time so that's really that's really i think that's something i think i can definitely relate to yeah 100 i think on the back of that injury um sort of topic i got a a shoulder impingement in the middle of lockdown doing mm-hmm. i wasn't allowed to go out on the water and, and train in new Salem or and do a whole lot in the boat so I had to do a lot of gym work and mm-hmm. generally only do four to five gym sessions a week so it's not not enormous compared to some other sports really um, yeah. like at the moment I'm only doing three sessions so to go into lockdown and do gym every day bar one in a week it was it was pretty demanding um, yeah of course I think coming off the back of that injury knowing that if I could improve other parts of my game um instead of my physical development or even just strengthen up those parts that weren't as strong. I think noticing the positives and everything is really important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Grow from everything and learn from it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. And it's 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 definitely hard to to sort of to to learn from certain things because you think, you know, if you do something a certain way you get better and then someone's telling you, you know, like I said before, slow down. It's a bit hard. Um Yeah. I want to also talk to you about sort of staying present as well. I mean, that's something that uh, I, I I follow this uh, one of these Instagram accounts, like these mindful accounts and stuff. And it was talking about with athletes learning how to stay present um, even during training and during during a competition. Do you ever find that sometimes your mind just kind of wanders a little bit? Yeah, yeah, it's it's so common, especially in those those high pressure moments or or in an unfamiliar kind of environment. So um, for us, the biggest competition at my age is to go to the under 23 world championships. Okay. Uh, and in 2019, I went there uh, in my first year as an under 23 athlete. And it's just amazing the kind of the pressure or, or seeing people you think, oh my God, he's amazing. He's won medals at this competition before. Try and beat him. And because Canoe Solomon's like, a bit like surfing, you'll be able to feel the the flow of the boat the movement of it and feel the water so you know when you're going fast and you know when you're going slow yeah so the time you'll think oh no i've not done that perfectly i'm losing time i've got to go faster on this next part and it's not always about pushing it too hard because then you can just blow out and, and miss a gate or, or make a big mistake yeah yeah definitely man and it's really yeah it is it is, dif- it is difficult it is definitely difficult learn how to to, to stay present and and kind of focus on on what you're doing that's definitely something I, I've learned to to do as I've got older something I, to as I still struggle with now especially because you know we both I guess on paper we play team sports but your sport is is really interesting because you're in a team but realistically you're not 
on there's, there's not like a team on the water at the same time. It really is just you. Um, yeah. So so how do you deal that mentally? Because obviously you know that your performance is obviously tied to the rest of the team, um, but at the same time you're also kind of one on one. That's a really interesting point, actually. I've not, I hadn't really thought too much mm. about um, because it's once you make that performance standard and you're selected, that's kind of like a that's all you need needed to be in the first place to get that yeah. spot. Um, so I think anyone that does make those standards is automatically kind of regarded as doing well. Their their performance is already kind of made, um, and it's and it's individual from that point on. So mm. where you come in the world championships, you come last, you come first, or whatever. It doesn't, there's no kind of um, atmosphere around you've let the team down or you've brought the team up. Yeah. It's kind of like we are one team and we work together and we try and help each other to to get these individual performances up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> we all know it's like a learning experience. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can imagine, man. And have you ever had it where sort of you've got, you've done a, a good run and one of your teammates has done a, a, a good run? How, did, how do you kind of deal with that? That's that's a really tough thing. It happens so often. It's mm. kind of you'll finish your run and, and you'll be absolutely buzzing, or or you'll be uh, down in the dumps and had a had a terrible run. Yeah, and your teammate could be completely opposite, and it's it's kind of after you've done that, you have initial rush of adrenaline. You'll be thinking, "Oh my god, I'm I'm the best in the world," or "I'm I'm terrible," and then you often have like a ten minute or a ten second or fifteen second kind of delay before your mind kicks in and you think, mm-hmm. oh God, this, this guy's not had a good time. And and you just kind of chat through it with them. Yeah. Or, or you do see a few athletes just having a bit of a rage, throwing the paddle around or <laughs> hitting equipment. And that's, that can be pretty scary to be honest. Um, <laughs> and I, I kind of, if I have a bad, a bad time of it, I might have a, a shout or whatever. And, uh, but you can imagine what what might get down, but um, I'm generally not not breaking equipment. I think there's a line, a line. Of that. It, it does show passion, and a lot of the coaches kind of support that. Yeah. But if you're getting frustrated, it's because you enjoy what you do and you you care about it, kind of thing. Um, and I think that's that's more important than than kind of finishing a run and not feeling anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen some crazy stuff on the sideline. I've seen guys like miss assignments or whatever or make mistakes on the field and they come off the field and I've seen guys like throw their helmet on the floor and like just yeah. smash it to pieces. And I'm thinking like you, you bought that yourself. But I kind of get it like like you say the the passion. When you when you do something and you really care about it and it doesn't go right, sometimes your emotions kind of overwhelm you a little bit and you kind of can't deal with whatever happens after that. That's definitely something that I've uh, I've dealt with in the past but you know, truthfully, um, I'm quite a, I'm quite a laid back person, um, which has pros and cons, obviously. And sometimes, like in on the exterior, people might believe, might think that I may not care about something that might happen in the game, but inside, I'm like fuming, or I'm really happy, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good in some cases, and and definitely, and bad in the others. But you know, life is a balance. Okay, let's say for example you've had you had a good run and you get a penalty. How do you mentally bounce back after that? Because I know penalties of you guys um, add time onto your run. Yeah, that's right. So if you touch one of the gates, which is so so easy to do, um, yeah. two seconds added onto your time, um, 
doesn't sound a lot, but it's it's massive. It can drop mm-hmm. you from first to tenth or even lower. Um, and I think going back to staying present is really important. So it's it's like you've hit that gate and there's nothing you can do to change it. So yeah. next, it's just next gate, next gate, next gate. Where do I need to be? Where do I need to go? Like, how can I get myself back on the line that I need to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like what you said earlier when you like talk about controlling your controllables. That's something I think I've spoken about in my sport, and a lot of coaches speak about. And when when something bad has happened, the the thought process for me and what I've been taught is, what can you do about that? Now you can't do anything about it. It's already happened. Um, yeah. But what you can do is you can focus on the next thing because you can directly impact that. And yeah is when when you when you get your head around that and it is it is so hard because i can imagine you, you've been in competition and you might have got a penalty and you might have been flying before and now you're thinking oh my god i have to make up time whatever it is really difficult but when you when you learn to stay composed uh, as, as an athlete in in competition and be present you know, like we've spoken about and control what is coming next it makes all the difference that's it yeah it's just controlling Controlling that little chimp in your head. Um, I'm not sure if you've read the chimp management book by Steve Peters. No, no, what's that? Talk to me about it. So that's, it's just, it's called like the mind management, uh, the chimp paradox. So it talks about there being a chimp in your head and a human in your head, as well as a computer and some other stuff. Um, but the main, main two things are the chimp and the human. So the human is where you're rationally thinking. So you're thinking, okay, I've hit that gate. Yeah. I've still got to do... 23 other gates or or whatever else or I drop that ball let's go and like, start the next play or something um, yeah. and then the chimp's talking to you like oh no I've just hit that I'm terrible I like there's no point doing the rest of this run or I should give up now I'm not strong enough or I'll never get as strong as that kind of thing like so it's all the irrational thoughts coming through with the chimp yeah yeah of course that's, that's what the book's covering and stuff yeah that's that's really that's really interesting because even just going outside of sports for a second, even in life, sometimes you might make a mistake. And, you know, if you have low self-esteem, we have low confidence or something. There's, there's things that everyone's, you can't be good at everything. If, let's say, for example, you're a bad cook and, you know, you make dinner, you burn it, you probably think, oh, man, that's going to be the last time I make dinner and I'm not going to try this again. But yeah. I guess it's about ignoring that chimp, man. Yeah, that's it. A lot of the... Like a lot of the best performances in Kinesalon come from confidence. Mm-hmm. That confidence without being able to control your chimp because there's so much negative self-talk that comes from your chimp. So having like a rational, positive self-talk is so important. Yeah. Like, to deliver something. Um, esteem, like I, I generally struggle to be positive. Like my coach will always say like, oh, Mr. Grumpy's down today or... That is, um, yeah, that ain't, that ain't nice flipping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking with it, it's fine. Um, and it's it's just like a little trigger to think, do you know what? Yeah, I am lucky to be able to do this. Like on a Monday morning, instead of working a nine to five, I can go out and do something I really enjoy. How do you draw the line between being confident and being cocky? That is definitely something that a lot of people can relate to. So how do you make sure you're not cocky and just confident? Yeah, it's a very, very important point. Um, I think naturally just this from my upbringing and stuff, um, I just kind of, I never really had that cockiness about me. Um, mm. I had some confidence, like I was I was good at a lot of sports when I was younger, um, decent in school and that kind yeah. of thing. And I think like 
making sure you know what your capabilities are and not pushing it too far. Yeah, yeah. I can do that, but I can't like always do that. It's kind of like in canoe slam, it's all about delivering a certain technique, and you know, you know deep down if you can do it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always tricky to know kind of how far do you push the risk. It's a risk reward game. Um, I think being cocky helps no one, kind of thing. Um, in in canoe slam, it's pretty brutal. But I think in in those sports where it is a bit more about being so confident that you can almost be the same as someone, but because you're more confident, you can you can take them down or raise them up. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, draw it. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, your sport is so, like you say, it's brutal, man. I mean, I, I didn't, so I didn't realize until I started um, watching it and watching a few a few races and stuff that they actually they actually inject like jets of like streams and underwater and stuff and kind of changes the course and. So you, you're really, you're really like kind of fighting the elements here, man. This is such a difficult sport. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and there's so many diverse kind of styles of of going canoeing. Um, like I know because I'm a smaller, lighter paddler, but I have a lot of like, explosive strength. It's it's better for me to be kind of smoother and then accelerate away from stuff. But I know that the bigger athletes or the boys that may be a bit heavier and probably a bit stronger overall but maybe yeah. on good power to weight wise they'll just kind of bash through stuff and, and power the whole way down but i need to be technically better than them um to nail it so it's it's a again there's another balance in play there it's like the confidence and being cocky and being technically good and being strong it's all it's all really tough to the balance yeah so it's all really important I, I can imagine man and if you don't mind me asking how did you actually get into canoeing Oh, it's a kind of a, a weird story. So when I was about ten, my older brother, who's five and a half years older, uh, we both yeah. used to be down at a local club. Um, and his his rugby team coach took them on like a team building, like kind of fun day yeah. down at the local club. And uh, he decided he preferred it to rugby, so he went off and, and started kayaking. Yeah, and then. Um, I got bored of watching for like I watched for about a year and I thought, you know what, I'm I'm bored just sat here with my mum on the side. Like I'll I'll go and give it a go. Um and I remember the first time I ever did it, I thought, Oh, this is like the worst thing ever, this is so scary. And I, I actually capsized and I couldn't get out of my boat. So you have a I'm not sure if you've seen it, there's a spray deck that covers that covers the kayak so that the yeah. water's and I remember being so little that I just didn't know what to do, panicked under the water and I was like oh my god I'm gonna drown and I actually managed to kind of swim out of the the waist of the this uh, spray deck mm-hmm. I was looking at the boat and I was just kind of floating there in the water just looking at them like panicking like he's like where is he where is he and I was just sat there <laughs> just like catching my breath and I was like oh my god no doing that again <laughs> uh, I remember the next time my mum was like oh no you've got to try it again you've got to try it again um, and we're going down the same same little rapid and um, back where I used to live in Manchester and I was in front of my mum and she was like go on you can do it you can do it I was turning around again no 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 don't want to do it don't want to do it I was, I was on the verge of tears little 10 year old me like oh this is the scariest thing I've ever done and, and it was fine and I kind of I grew to like it after maybe three years or so um, yeah just because when you when you're developing when you're so little um going on that bigger water the white water is really really scary because you don't want to like no one wants to swim and get cold no, um, imagine that one's worst nightmare kind of thing. 
Um, but you do get get over it as you get older. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing, knowing that you're you're able to deal with that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That is that. I mean, that's that's what you call perseverance, man. You went through a a really terrifying. I mean, to be honest with you, what you went through uh, as a kid, so a lot of people might have been deterred from even like just being in water, let alone making a living out of it. And then you, you've taken that and, you know, taken that experience and obviously a bit of encouragement from your mom and stuff. And you, you're, you're now reaping the benefits, man. And, and hopefully, well, you, we might see you in the Olympics soon. Yeah. Yeah. I fully hope so. Um, it's all, all just a, it's almost a game of luck at the moment. There's mm. so many good athletes in the country and we're all, up and coming and there's already athletes that are already going to the Olympics or have gone to the Olympics um, and you just need to be the best on that day and have a little bit of luck sometimes yeah definitely man you you guys I was watching Joe Clark like I said and he spoke about he doesn't really train his legs that often because you know you don't need much like lower, lower body power in the canoe but he does do a lot of core and upper body work in the gym is that, do you sort of take that kind of training model and, and is that how you train when you're in the gym? Yeah, that's that's uh, kind of a typical canoeist sort of gym program. So, <laughs> see these, these top heavy guys um, looking like upside down triangles at the top and then these other legs kind of barely holding them up. Um, a lot of my friends have got disgustingly skinny legs. It's, it makes oh, no. me cringe. <laughs> Like there's there's absolutely no no calf muscle or, or anything. You kind of thinking how are you even standing? Um, <laughs> but to be honest, because I'm because I'm quite short, I'm only five eight. Um, I don't really have like a lot of weight to worry about, so I tend to try and get onto my like hip stability and stuff. So I do do um, like squats or split squats or hip thrusts and deadlifts and stuff like that, just to try and make sure I'm like robust because your hips and your shoulders their stability crosses over. Uh, yeah, so your, of course. Your right shoulder and your left hip, you guys on the left from American football, like it's it's all interlinked. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's, there's definitely a top-heavy focus. Like I can't I can't deny my legs are a lot smaller than I'd like them to be. But I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, like, if it's, I guess it's difficult because with, with my sport, like you say, I, I do sort of similar stuff. You spoke about a lot of hip stuff and then glute stuff, but obviously I'll probably do a bit more volume, but you guys don't really need to have um, much lower body strength because you're you're literally controlling this massive, bit pretty much boat, you know, with with your top half and in your core. So I guess, I, I guess to be honest with you, it's 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 excusable, man. It's not really. You guys don't need to worry about. It's it funny though thinking about <laughs> guys that yeah. are like really top heavy and have like really skinny legs. <laughs> yeah. Um... Because I, we have these metal footrests inside the boat, so you do you do kind of use your feet a little bit, but it's more just to kind of feel it rather than push it along. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, I keep breaking one. Um, I keep <laughs> snapping through this metal, and I think it's just because I've got a little bit more muscle than the average kayaker, which is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I, mean, it's I mean, to be fair, I mean when I, when I was looking at. Uh, uh, at Joe Clark, he, he looked pretty like he's pretty stacked. He's a pretty big guy, so I was I was I was quite um I was quite intrigued actually. I didn't realize that you guys were were so strong. Yeah, it's it's all about the power to weight. Um, so the people like uh, Joe, so he's the Olympic champion, and then Bradley, he was yeah 
into the Olympics for us now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's those two are probably around the seventy-five kg mark, which would be be light for you boys, I reckon. Um, uh, yeah, just a little bit. Only about 60, 68, 70 kind of thing. Um, like it's it's crazy how light we are compared to a lot of other sports. Like I know I know some of my friends that play rugby, they'll be hundred kilos or more, sort of thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, but yeah, like 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 you said, though, man, it is about that strength to weight ratio. If you, I mean, you can be. I, I've seen it in my sports. You see, you guys are hundred and twenty kilograms, but can't even like bench press and body weight. Um, and if you don't have that sort of strength to weight ratio, if you're, I would I would much rather have a guy, for example, playing American football that was like in your case, 75 kilograms or whatever, 75 kilograms, but, you know, could move at speed and, and it could lift, you know, weights at speed and it can get in and out of, you know, agility and cuts and stuff like that. But it really does separate the uh, the, the elite athletes um, from being, you know, or, or, or the average ones. It's, it's, you see it in every single sport. I mean, I was, I was reading an article the other day about, it was kind of funny, this guy wrote an article called So You Want to Look Like a Sprinter? And he was talking about um, how a lot of people uh, that aren't athletes um, really want to look, have that sort of sprinter look. You know, sprinters look they're lean and yeah. you know, in, in terrific shape. Event, essentially, people just don't really want it enough. Um, and I, I, can, I can tell by a conversation, you're definitely not one of those people. Uh, you, you seem like one of those people that is uh, obsessed in a good way um, with your sport. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> a mirror in my room. I've just got three things that I want to achieve. Hopefully next year if we get a season. But yeah, I do want to be a 23 world champion. It's on. It's written down. I know that every time I go for a run, go to the gym, anything else like that is steered towards that. So that's positive of that. And then negative. See, yeah. Put that's pressure awesome. on. No, that's awesome. I, actually, you know, I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write some stuff down. I really yeah. like that, man. That kind of like that goal setting of you see it every single day, and you're not gonna stop um, until you, until you, you get there, man. That's awesome. Well, listen, David, man, it's been, it's been great talking to you, man. I, I actually really, really enjoyed this, and I'm definitely gonna take away that, that kind of goal setting you spoke about as well. And also, um, I liked when you spoke about kind of knowing and understanding the process and understand you you can't always go a million miles an hour and I guess I should probably start listening to my trainer because I I have a habit of always asking him when I'm going to start lifting heavy weights but you know what because of you I'm going to listen to him and uh and take it easy man all right man well well guys you can you can find David on Instagram is at david.patterson uh patterson of one t five four eight all one word david.patterson five four eight David, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, man, and I hope you chat to you soon. Yeah, thanks very much, Jason.